0: Hi, David. Hi.
1: Happy New Year.
0: Happy New Decade.
1: Happy New Decade.
0: It's 2020.
1: I know. It's my, crazy. My brother texted me and said that, you know, I have been alive for two, three, de- two decades. Going on three decades, I mm-hmm. guess. No, three decades. Yeah. Because I'll be 30. Yeah. It's a lot. And I'm born on the decade.
0: I'm only 20, so I've only been alive for two.
1: So. Oh, no, no, no. Maybe <laughs> I'm be Two decades. <laughs> I don't know how it all works.
0: I've only been around for one. Well, <laughs> I'm so young.
1: You've <laughs> <laughs> been around for a hundred decades.
0: We talked about this before, how much pressure there is with the new decade, but...
1: I feel zero pressure. I actually didn't even realize it was a new... De- I mean, I know what a decade is. Yeah. <laughs> I just didn't realize... I didn't think it was a big deal. Yeah. But it is. Everyone's very excited it's about
0: it. It's a huge deal. I'm excited because we are bringing in this new decade with so much... Fun. Stuff. Stuff. I know, right? <laughs> uh but in a couple of weeks we have Bayou Saint Blanc.
1: I know. We're going to New Orleans. We're gonna be teaching two classes on leadership. Yeah. Um a,
0: well there's the VIP event on Saturday. Yeah. And then Which we we're Which we're not
1: teaching at. We will just be no, enjoying we'll just be drinks. Drinking at. Yeah. <laughs> so please don't ask us any business questions.
0: And then we have um The next morning, a leadership breakfast, and then we'll be doing an evening class as well.
1: Yeah. And the evening class is really cool. It's on generational marketing. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, which, which
0: we taught once in New York and we've never taught it again.
1: We taught it once. It's also available as a class, mm-hmm. but it's gonna be a little more in depth for the new decade <laughs> that we're in, <laughs> that everyone's excited about. But Bayou Saint Blanc is sold out. It's an event that we do every year in New Orleans. Um, it used to be in March, I think. Mm-hmm. Now it's in January, yep. which is great.
0: Between January and March, she's kept it. Yeah.
1: So it's nice to escape New York in January and go to New Orleans and have fun. And it's always a.
0: It's like it's we usually end our tour. <laughs> In New Orleans with this right, but we're starting. show, and by that time we're like ready to just wild out and have fun and be on vacation, and now we're starting with it. So I'm like,
1: if you've never trying been, to get in that mindset, if you've <laughs> never been to Bayou St. Blonde, it's run by Erin, who owns the Left Brain Group. She's also our agent. Make sure you buy tickets for next year. Yeah, she usually lets she usually puts them out like six months in advance.
0: Yeah, and they sell out very quickly.
1: But we're very excited for that show. Um, But like Sid said, it does launch our Salon Symptoms Tour Mm -hmm. for 2020, which means that...
0: We had almost 40 salons (laughs) offered to host for us. So it's going to be a good tour. And there's five of us going around teaching the class. Yep. Uh, So if you're interested in hosting us for our new tour, Salon Symptoms... Our
1: coaches are just going all around the world solving salon problems. And if you are a salon that is struggling with any type of symptom, whether it be... Communication issues, leadership issues, how the fuck do I motivate my staff issues, which is <laughs> usually a the one. number one thing that we hear. <laughs> um, we have a class to help with that. So we're excited to roll that out in 2020. If you're interested, you can go to destroythehairdresser.com slash salon dash symptoms and you can put your name on the list.
0: I'm so because, proud of you for remembering
1: that. Well, I've been working really hard on it. So,
0: <laughs> so that's all I think it's been about. A few it's actually all I think about. <laughs> Um, we had yeah. some really incredible, especially because this is our first episode of this new year. We wanted, you sent me an email of our stats from the podcast mm. from last year mm-hmm. and we just actually started, we, we did honestly, everyone, we didn't think this was going to be a thing. We've said that so many times. We didn't think no. the podcast would be a thing. No, so actually we one really of my,
1: one of our former roommates convinced us to do it and we were like, okay.
0: Yeah, sure. We'll do it.
1: Mm, no. <laughs> We don't know where she is, but thank you for (laughs)
0: supporting us. So 2019, we actually started tracking stats of the podcast. And the -hmm. biggest one, first off, Austin, shout out. You have the most downloads in Austin. I
1: can't, like, whenever I look at who's listening to the podcast, it's Texas. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And when I think about, like, the least— People, like, the people that don't reach out to us, it's Texans. Yeah. So it's a really weird— You're listening. You're all listening. Call us. I don't know if you're actually—
0: I have I have a few students in Austin, which is funny. And I taught a class there, so they like me. And I've
1: had a few <laughs> students in Austin. I love I love working with people in Austin. I, everyone in Austin is a little bit ahead of the game, it feels like. Mm-hmm. So it's fun to work with them. Um, but yeah, Austin is listening. Yeah. Almost All of Texas is listening, but yeah. Austin the most. That
0: was the most. And then we had almost 30,000 downloads in 2019. No,
1: we had— over 35,000.
0: Over 35,000 yeah. downloads in 2019. That's yes. insane.
1: And we've been doing it since 2017. Yep. So we're growing.
0: Uh, we're growing. It's, it's happening. B- it's
1: bizarre to think that 35, that I don't know if it was 35,000 people per se, but that a large amount That's of a people big amount are just number. downloading. First off, like if we were an artist, would we get royalties for every download?
0: Should we be? I mean, we should have
1: made thirty five <laughs> thousand dollars from every download. Everybody
0: that listens to the podcast donate one dollar, <laughs> one dollar per download. Not a joke. I know.
1: You, you can just PayPal.
0: I we we've said that before. When you think about how many followers you have on Instagram, if you could make one dollar off of each follower mm-hmm. per year, like mm-hmm. that's that's how we kind of thought about our business. Is if we have 30,000 followers. How can we create a product or a class or a tour where all of those followers were actual engaging followers? And Mm -hmm. it was like you could make a dollar per follower. Like,
1: it'd be if you can do, if you can figure that out, which is what we've been trying to do, A, let us know, (laughs) but it it would work.
0: We'll figure it out and we'll make a class about it.
1: (laughs) It'll, yeah, we'll make a class about it. We'll sell it.
0: So you sent. Me, we're we're starting to do this year's podcast a little differently. We're incorporating a, a couple new things that we wanted to start bringing to y'all's attention. Mm. One of that is the news. Uh, there's a there's a lot of things in the news about our industry that I we mean, don't it, talk about. Well,
1: the New York Times has a whole a salon whole, hair industry section. Yeah. I don't so know if anyone knows that.
0: We are going to start bringing that to you pretty much. Uh, but one of the more lighthearted ones, you sent me this article. It was a BuzzFeed article.
1: Yes, I received a BuzzFeed article that was called Everything You Should Quit Buying in 2020. And most of it was, the article was pretty good. There was a lot of garbage that we buy that Yeah, how I should stop buying.
0: You said that you were like, mm, check out number 12.
1: Yes. Number 12 <laughs> on the list of things that you should stop buying are hair treatments and root touch-ups. Yeah. Which
0: when the I actual <laughs> verbiage was, L- let more time elapse between beauty treatments. Does that say between-between? Mm-hmm. Between? Typo.
1: Between-between.
0: Between-between beauty treatments like hair appointments, manicures, or waxes. I'm going to email BuzzFeed and be like, you need to Well, first of your- all,
1: I want to email fireballs. BuzzFeed and be like, this is <laughs> very bad advice for very specific yeah. people. Yeah. If you- <laughs> now, the person in the photo, you can't see this, but if you Google it, you can. Um, is a white woman with dark brown hair and gets, like, balayage highlights. Mm -hmm. So she can go in between. Absolutely.
0: But (laughs) they are literally suggesting that people go more time between appointments Mm -hmm. for their hair services.
1: You're not going to – and I want to just point out that you don't really save money by doing that because you spend more the the next appointment to catch up. For the things the that The
0: best you, part it says you're saving on. try doubling the time in between and consider the mountains of cash you'll have saved by the end of the year. It's not true. Nope. <laughs> not at all. They tricked ya. You.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they tricked ya. you you're tricked, yeah. But here's the here's the deal. I understand that some white girl wrote this <laughs> because she saved $10 by doing this one time. But here's the you not everyone can do this. Everybody has like I could do it because I don't do my hair like you do it. You can yeah. go a long time, but you. But have, that's
0: the look I'm going for. Yeah,
1: but you're grow like you have blonde hair and you have blonde hair highlights. I'm a hair
0: so yeah. So it's you, you know I know all these things.
1: The article was very. Um, I guess what we're trying to say is watch out. Because (laughs) all your clients read this article and they're going to be –
0: Well, BuzzFeed said – so that brings us to our topic because I wanted to start this new year off with you guys, this new (laughs) decade, uh, basically about protecting yourself, Mm -hmm. you know, putting yourself first.
1: From crazy people and articles like this.
0: One of the things I suggest when it comes to that – so we're all about at DTH finding a solution to these ridiculous problems, okay? So – Something that I do as a colorist is to prevent my clients from waiting too long to get their hair done because Mm -hmm. I have made it very clear by educating my clients that if they wait too long, they're actually going to spend more money because they'll be with me for more hours for me to try to get them back to where we were prior Mm -hmm. to their last visit. So Mm -hmm. I charge hourly and so everything is in hourly sessions. And so when I have a client come to me for the first time ever, I... Break down probably their first three sessions. This is what we're going to do today. This is going to be a four-hour session. Uh, In six weeks, you're going to come back for a one-hour session. And then six weeks later, you're going to come back for another three- to four-hour session. And let's stop right there because people are like, wait, what? (laughs) I only do blondes. I specialize in blonding. So I can get away with that. But I even have a lot of my students doing this with their cutting cutting, uh, clients. So some of my students do... Your first cut is an hour and a half, and then you're going to come back in four weeks later for maintenance, which is like half the service. And then four weeks after that, you're going to come back for a full cut again. So it buys time, but you have control in how it's growing out. You have control in how that time is happening in well, what's, between.
1: What's funny at, from, from the client's perspective is that it's the same amount of money.
0: Yeah. It's just broken it's up just differently. just different
1: timings, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just payday.
0: Well, you oriented. know, I don't need to see my clients every four weeks. And honestly, not everybody needs a cut every four weeks.
1: I don't want to see my clients every four weeks. <laughs> <Yes. laughs>
0: and so we, we've we been taught by the industry, which is, you know, the, the you big corporation. that you have to pre-book
1: that, every four seconds.
0: Every four seconds. And so <laughs> another thing I wanted to bring to people's attention is something that we do called Reactive. Pre-booking, where we almost guilt people and force people into pre booking so that we reach our pre-booking numbers, which don't is also
1: (laughs) being guilted into us.
0: Yeah. And then they cancel last minute or and then you're screwed and you can't.
1: Like you said, pre-booking numbers don't really I understand there's a small statistic of people that because they pre-booked will show up. I'm not one of those people. I pre-book everything and cancel everything. So that statistic doesn't apply to me. Mm -hmm. But there are there are statistics that say if you pre-book someone they're more likely to come back but if that's the reason that they're more likely to come back then you're just that means that hope that means that you're really not relying on your talent or your relationship or emotional intelligence skills you're just really relying on a statistic about pre-booking yeah which is sad
0: or if you sometimes feeling pressured by salon owners salon owners feeling pressured from whoever's above them so it's i mean
1: here's here's the reality and I talk to my students about this all the time. People look at pre-booking and percentage booked as a really strong number. But it, in reality, it's a very weak number. Mm-hmm. The number that you want to look at when deciding if someone is – if you're a salon owner, if someone on your team is good at their job, or if you're an independent stylist, you just want to know how good you are at your job is retention.
0: Yeah. Right.
1: How many people are coming back? Forget about it. They pre-booked. A lot of people come back and don't pre-book, like me. I don't pre-book anything. And if I do, but I'm you probably going to move it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I go back because I like My the My schedule service. changes too much. So, please stop relying on that pre-book statistic. It's just
0: – And that's why I call silly. it reactive because people are, are so, like, you need to – I need you to put – and, and people will be like, okay, and they'll book an appointment and then they cancel.
1: The world doesn't work that way. Uh-uh. Not with millennials.
0: But I'm before everybody freaks out, I'm not saying <laughs> pre-booking is not – Okay. I pre-book <laughs> all the time. But my first priority is to educate my clients on when I need to see them back. So if they would like to schedule something, awesome. I love that. I think it's incredible to be booked months out. But I also know my clients well enough and I've educated them well enough and I've had them on a routine in a system that I know even if they don't pre-book, I'm going to see them in mm-hmm. six weeks. So it doesn't matter. The number one priority that everyone needs to focus on is instead of reactively pre-booking educate them on when they need to come back
1: it's funny too i people always ask me because i i just i'm the opposite of said obviously i just focus on cutting but it's so funny when people ask me when they should come back and i'm like whenever you look at your hair and you're like i fucking hate it i need hair <laughs>
0: perfect time
1: yeah you that's probably the best time to come back i'm not i'm not really big on like Listen,
0: people probably aren't going to agree but you know
1: That's why we have this podcast. But we have the podcast.
0: (laughs) 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 Then make a podcast. And
1: (laughs) and fight back.
0: (laughs) But Let's bring you on the podcast. Let's have a conversation. The the next big thing that I want everyone to go into this new year with is setting boundaries. So not only are we pre-booking or not pre-booking. I don't freaking care. As long as you're educating. But setting boundaries for yourself. And that means stop discounting your services. That means stop giving – uh, being bullied into giving away your talent. Are people waving? We're on a live.
1: We're doing the Instagram live at the same time.
0: But also get a fucking cancellation <laughs> policy. I cannot stress that enough. pre yourself. We have it as coaches. I pre-tect. have it, a pre Protect yourself. I like pre It's a new word.
1: It's before you need to protect yourself, you pre
0: Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Protection. <laughs> <laughs> but basically making sure that you you have something. I, I think people are really afraid oh my gosh. to charge or to well, two set things. up a cancellation two policy.
1: The boundary thing is so funny because everyone talks about it. Nobody has them. Oh yeah. No <laughs> Everybody has everyone has their quotes about it on Instagram. Everyone puts on their set stories. Boundaries. And then charge when you talk to these people say
0: yeah. Or yeah. say no. Like
1: yep. it's just not it never it's not. No one's actually implementing these boundaries at all, which I understand because I struggle with it as well. But we have to stop talking about it so much and actually do it. And a cancellation policy is one of the best ways. Now, everyone listening is waiting for us to tell them exactly what they should do. Mm -hmm. And like I have said many times, that is not what we do here. Mm -hmm. We are not here to tell you exactly what to do. There are other programs for that. We want to bring it to your attention and – We want to give you the opportunity to create a policy that works for you. Not every person should have the same cancellation policy. Mm -hmm. Not every salon in the world should charge every person that schedules online so they can deal with, you know, days worth of refunds and arguing about someone's grandmother died and that's why they couldn't make it and they don't want to have to pay for the cancellation fee. And not every salon should do that. And not every salon should have that type of policy. So I think it's more about... Figuring out what works for you and your team and then implementing it and sticking with it. It's the consistency that people aren't really good at.
0: Here's where I see cancellation policies going wrong. Oh. Going south real quick.
1: I mean, I have a, we have a list of where they go wrong, but.
0: This goes back to educating your clients. Mm-hmm. Having those uncomfortable conversations that says if you pre-book and then you cancel in less than 24 hours, there will be a charge. Yeah. But people don't say that. And well, they have it implemented, and then their client gets charged, and that's when the char- client freaks the hell out, and then you have to deal it's with all the because
1: people are afraid of the boundary.
0: Absolutely. So they
1: have it there like a sneak attack.
0: Yeah, like, oh, I have one, and <laughs> but, you know, if they complain, I'll give their money back. It's like, no, that defeats the purpose. Then don't the have purpose. Of- then remove it.
1: You know? <laughs> so, yeah, if you're if you're like, I mean, I've, I don't have a cancellation policy, but I don't have a lot of people that... I, I don't feel like I need one, I guess. Yeah. But I, I think if you're a big salon that's, or you have a lot of clients and you need to, I mean, there are simple ways to do it. If, you, if people are online booking, just have them pay for the service.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, and if you're not that kind of salon, um, you can have someone reach out to them. Twenty, I mean, There's so many ways to deal with it. It's just that no one, the most important way to deal with it is consistently. Mm-hmm. So once you choose something, stick with it, which is also something that we don't, we can add consistency to the talking Absolutely. points. That's also something that we don't
0: Well, that's where everything – Stick with. Everyone gets in trouble is because they slide for some people and slide for don't. Or slide – don't slide for other people. I right. cannot talk slide to Slide for it. don't. <laughs> my coffee is not co- <laughs> clocked in. Oh, my God. You're welcome, everyone. No, but I get I'm it. I'm pretty I, sure it was just milk in there. Get- <laughs> no caffeine. <laughs> no,
1: but it's true with the, with the policies, with the boundaries, all of that – I had a whole rant with my students um, in our private group about uh, people asking me exactly what to do. Like, what do we do for cancellation policy? What do we do for this? What do we do for that? We we don't. But,
0: what do you want to do?
1: Yeah, what works for you? <laughs> I'll I can, help
0: you implement it. Yeah, but... I can
1: help you implement what works for you. But I'm not here to tell you that this is the best way. If that was true, all salons would be doing the best way already. Mm-hmm. It's every independent business for themselves. That's what capitalism is. I think people forget that, like, as hairdressers, we live in one of the most capitalistic industries because we set our own pricing. We set our own schedule. Mm-hmm. We set everything ourselves. We're really lucky but you within that you have to create boundaries. And the best way, like said said, is through a cancellation policy. Cancellation policy twenty twenty, it's our campaign.
0: <laughs>
1: That's what we're doing. I just imagined
0: on. us like in the Obama filter, yes. like you and me standing yes. there in red and blue and white. And yes. It says D T H.
1: Twenty twenty. Twenty
0: twenty.
1: Cancellation policy. To do a thing. It's been canceled. <laughs>
0: it's been canceled. <laughs> <laughs> Cancel it all. Just do whatever the hell you want.
1: <laughs> no, it's- It's true. That those are probably that's probably the biggest thing for us, I think, going even in this year with our companies, having all those boundaries and policies and procedures set up. And that's what a lot of salons and a lot of people don't do. I think independent hairdressers don't do it enough because they think I'm not a salon, so I don't have to have all these policies, but you do. Mm -hmm. And I think that a lot of salons out there think that I mean, I know that all the salons out there think this, that if they work with adults that everybody will act like an adult, but they don't.
0: No. It's, (laughs) It's yeah. So you have to give people responsibility and you have to hold people accountable and and that's, you know, I mean I have the biggest <clears throat> thing.
1: I've heard so many stories about people using their cancellation policy to fire clients. <laughs> so it's like the policy never mattered. Yeah. It was never enforced. It was never utilized. This person's driving them completely and utterly insane and therefore Bam!
0: They're like, "Oh, you missed three times." It says it right here. It's five hundred dollars. I never told you about.
1: And it's five hundred dollars now.
0: Yeah.
1: And I'm like, I don't want to play that. I don't want to be here. And it's like, okay, go somewhere else. Yeah. That's we can't do. That's this not. This
0: is very a, not, a very not, not. You're not taking any personal responsibility. It's a very coward's <laughs> way out. Mm-hmm. Again, going back to the beginning is educate. You you get to create the kind of career you want. You get to create your kind of clients. If you have clients that are um, mistreating you and and doing treating you awfully it's because you are not standing your ground you're not setting the precedent of what you want out of your career and how you want your business to be run
1: i need a coach I'm just <laughs>
0: We coach each other. I stopped doing that a long time ago. I think both of us did it at some point. We stopped educating for companies, and we created our own company. And then we went back behind the chair mm-hmm. because we were like, if we're going to coach salon owners and hairstylists, then we need to be back behind the chair instead of working behind.
1: A I mean, my coach is mildly abusive, so I don't feel bad. Yeah, about <laughs> same coach. It's great. about about you know laying down the law mm-hmm. on this podcast. <laughs>
0: But that was that was the thing. And I think when we decided to go back behind the chair, we were like, we're gonna implement everything that we're coaching. Uh, everything that we tell our students to do. And so we charge hourly, we you know, raise our prices appropriately, we charge our worth, we
1: And by the way, it doesn't matter how well and prepared you are to raise your prices, that is for some reason the hardest thing to do. It's I've so never hard had a student
0: me. say, I wish I didn't raise my prices. I've i know, never heard that.
1: But I've never had someone say, I love raising my prices.
0: Yeah. I always I (laughs) know the what I get all the time is I wish I would have done that sooner Mm -hmm. because it. What I hear
1: all the time with price increases is that they're afraid people are going to leave or go away,
0: and then they don't. (laughs) Yeah, and then they don't. Yeah, they're afraid they're going to lose people. Okay, so let's just stop right there. The whole point of raising your prices is to put you on a different bracket Mm -hmm. in the community, Mm -hmm. and so you want to attract your ideal client in a different bracket, Mm -hmm. and so. It is okay to lose people. I mean, that's kind of the point. We want to lose the people that are not in that bracket but or do not want to move up to that bracket. We're not saying that. It really happens. It rarely ever happens. And so usually the good sign that you didn't raise your prices high enough is that no one, no leaves. one leaves.
1: It's so common. Let it is see, more it, common.
0: If you raise your prices thousands of dollars and everybody stays, I mean, that's amazing. <laughs> they were just waiting for you to do it. And I hear that too. Clients saying to their stylists about time. Finally. But I
1: also, I also hear a lot of people – I know people are listening that have – there's a lot of people out there that want to, like, cut their days down. That's yeah. their whole, like, I want to work less days. And they can't whether they work for themselves or someone else. They're like, I just want to work less days. So instead of just cutting your days down and keeping everything the same price, which is so silly, raise your prices so high that you lose so many people that now you can cut your days down.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, make it worth it.
0: Yeah. Raise it a hundred dollars. People, People are do getting that. really reactive listening to this. I can feel it. I like it. Me too.
1: But <laughs> <laughs> no. But it's true. Everyone's like, I'm going to cut my days down. I'm, cu- I'm going to not work these days. But I'm it's like, I'm like it's,
0: you're, now you're going to make less money because you didn't do anything to make up for it.
1: Exactly. There's no increase. So please raise your price. Like that's our campaign, 2020. Raise your prices.
0: Raise your prices. I taught a class called cancellation policies. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Wait, is it on the? It's not on the it's dashboard, not, but it will be. It will be. You'll be creating a new one. Yeah. So. We've been ranting and raving, but we do want to start ending our podcast with our horror story, which we used to do. We're
0: bringing you news. We're bringing you realness. And we and we used to do this <laughs> with guests. We would have them tell a we're horror story. We're just basically
1: doing what we used to do. Yeah. That's all we're doing. Repeat. So what we used to do at the we end of our venting. podcast when we first started out is we would have guests tell us a horror story that they've experienced in the industry. So we want to do that again because I think that's the best part. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, Sid, you had one. Someone emailed you.
0: Yes. It was very long. I'm okay. g- I'm still going Which, to read it, and we
1: want to invite everyone to DM us, email us. If message you have us, a, a story that you want stories, us to read will, on this
0: podcast, we will read it, Please and we will discuss keep it. it. <laughs> short and sweet, if possible. This was very long. When I say very long, very long, but it's very good. Um, but there was a lot <clears throat> going on that I need to cut up before mm-hmm. I could read it. We'll bring it to air. you.
1: We'll bring it to you next time. Uh, but so then I was so we were I was texting Sid, and I was like I. So it's like I can't think of any horror stories, and I was like, well, I can think of three.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I have Crystal Meth Lady.
0: Wait, I forgot about I have, the Crystal Meth Lady. I feel like we. Should.
1: I have I have that story. I have the story about the time that I put. When I was I was new at a school, and I was just I'd like just learned color, <laughs> and she was basically level one. And so in my head, she went. She was like a level one where her roots were, but her hair was like a level eighteen. <laughs> and so I was like, I'm gonna put like a ten. Yeah, with twenty volume. Yeah, because that'll a ten is blonde, right? <laughs> that obviously that story ends with just orange hair, but <laughs> orange roots. There was black. one time I was working in Florida. That's where Crystal Meth Lady is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Making us look bad.
1: <laughs> so it's from Florida, but no relation <laughs> to this woman. And sh- this woman comes in, and she is asking for. She wants her whole head bleached. Mm-hmm. And she's, like, smoking a cigarette outside. This, she's yelling this request from <laughs> the door it, post.
0: This is in St. Pete, right?
1: No, this was in Naples, Florida. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was 17 at the time.
0: So she's standing outside. She's smoking, mm-hmm. screaming that she wants her hair. And broken. her hair
1: is, like, that green I imagine blonde. her. Does
0: she have red lips? No. It's the green blonde where it she's, was like that she's green, been in the pool a lot. Like,
1: yeah, like, she's been in the pool. It's very stringy. <laughs> But she wants her whole head bleached. And she want, and she keeps saying that she wants to feel it. It
0: would be cheaper if you just shaved her head. She
1: said, I want to feel it. And that should – so this is also a lesson in <laughs> salon ownership. How dare the people I worked for allow her to sit in my chair? That to, You
0: don't have to take every client that wants to come when into you're your seventeen, <laughs> When you were
1: 17 in the early 2000s, <laughs> then, yeah, I guess you did. So this was very old school salon industry. This person is going to pay – Obviously, the salon, the person I worked for knew this woman was insane
0: mm-hmm.
1: and still made me work with her. <laughs> so it gets more bizarre. So she's,
0: David could handle it.
1: So she's sitting in my chair, and I'm trying to convince her not to bleach her head mm-hmm. because, A, it's, her hair is so fried it's going to fall out. So anyways, I don't convince her, and she's bullying me into what she wants. And so I finally have her head covered in bleach, and then I— I go to the back room, then I come back out. She's gone. She's not in the building.
0: She has bleach in her head.
1: She has bleach in her hair. She's not in the building. I go up to the front desk. Where did this woman go? They're like, She said you had to make a phone call. So she was gone for 20 minutes. So I, I'm starting to assume that like this woman just left and like that's the oh end.
0: Oh my gosh. But
1: it's not what happened. She comes back with a full thing of ice cream and she's eating it with her hands out of a cup because they didn't give her a spoon. Oh. <laughs> And my boss, yet again, wants me to finish the service. So I have to rinse this out. Did you
0: get her a spoon? Uh,
1: No, I didn't. I mean, she finally just kind of like stopped. I mean, this was so (laughs) insane. You couldn't, you didn't know what to do. It was like dealing with a drunk person, but you were dealing with a high person. Uh, And then she wanted, so her hair was done. It was, it looked awful. It was, it was gross. It was destroyed. I told her to leave with it wet with conditioner in it because I didn't want to see it. Um, And then before she left, she said that she'd like to get a massage. (laughs) And what does my boss do? Allows that to happen. So this woman is just clear. I mean, she's so high that all she wants is people to touch her. She wants to feel burning sensations. She
0: paid for it all?
1: She paid for everything. It's
0: wonderful. She had
1: hundreds and hundreds of dollars to just pass up. Drug money.
0: Yeah. (laughs) For sure.
1: So that was probably one of my biggest horror stories. And again, the lesson here is for salon ownership. Stop. abusing your staff mm-hmm. stop giving them these crazy people when clearly there is something wrong
0: we've said this before <clears throat> in lots of classes that we've taught but if you as a salon know what each of your staff members specialize in or what they're really good at then that is what you should be filling their books with if a perm walks in
1: well first of all my apparently my boss thought i was
0: really good at that.
1: good at meth head <laughs> Because this was – I mean, this was very bad. This was very bad.
0: If a perm walks into your space and no one there does perms or they haven't done one since school, which is most of us, we –
1: I don't even think I did one in school.
0: (laughs) I don't think – I rolled one. Yeah. I don't think I ever did a real (laughs) one. We should not make someone figure that out. And I've heard lots of people that they've been in that situation where they've been forced to do something that they didn't know how to do because – they had someone walk in.
1: What well, also likes to just they had to go it. a little level, like a level deeper, if the person is uncomfortable with the client, <laughs> don't make them do it.
0: Absolutely. If there this are red how we <laughs> cause trauma. PTSD is real. I remember
1: there was also a time, This is a, this is a horror story, but it's not funny, that we worked with someone who specifically asked not to work with men. She obviously had some situations with male clients before and just... She doesn't take male clients, and that was just yeah. that was an agreement. Respect. And it was a really busy day, and a guy walked in, and our boss was like, "But you're the only." Like it became an argument, and that per- that person that I worked with quit because she was like, "No, I I took this job. I felt safe. I felt secure. I did not want to do men's hair." In be- you know, God knows whatever happened to her, but again, that was the, another also, situation where the where the employer is not paying or attention. The,
0: Employees' boundaries were not being right respected. No,
1: it's a so twenty twenty respect boundaries.
0: Respect, boundaries. but again, <laughs> you know. So the next question I get is, well, if that person walks in and we don't do the services, what do we do? And it's like, well, know your community too. Right. So know who you who specialize. redirect. Yeah, if someone specializes in curly hair and no one in your space does curly hair, like you're setting yourself up for a bad review or mm-hmm. an unhappy client. But know who to redirect them to, and. And if you don't, that's okay too. You can also say, "I really don't feel I, like we have the I'm team not to give you what you want." With
1: I'm not comfortable doing the service.
0: If a salon owner said to me, "No one in my space does hair that way," and I don't want you to be unhappy, I have two options: I can get mad, or I can I can respect that, or I can get re- mad and then respect it later. So, right. But the whole point is, I don't. If I you know, if that was, if I was in that salon owner's position. I wouldn't care if someone got mad at me because I'm protecting the space. I'm protecting right. my staff and that ha- we is had nowadays. someone
1: come in one time <clears throat> and she wanted she wanted us chemical service that was clearly gonna make her hair fall out. <laughs> and then tried to sue we said we couldn't do it, and then tried to sue the salon that we wouldn't provide her service. Yeah. And obviously
0: You have that right though.
1: She lost <laughs> <laughs> She lost the lawsuit, but not her hair. How lucky.
0: That's like suing (laughs) McDonald's because they wouldn't make you sushi, you know?
1: (laughs) Oh, my gosh.
0: So silly.
1: No, 2020 is going to be a good year. It's going to be a good decade. We have a lot of new stuff coming out. Like I said, Bayou St. Blonde is coming up, which we're excited to see everybody there.
0: We'll be at hair camp in April.
1: Hair camp in April and then traveling around in between those months and after with salon symptoms. So we're very excited to spend... This whole year with you.
0: Happy New Year, everyone.
1: Bye. Bye. Wait. Oh, wait, Max. <laughs> Can you hear him? Hi. He's on. Oh, great. Max, what'd you think about our stories? I thought they were great. I uh I don't know what I would have done. I don't know what I would do if <laughs> someone on meth came in. Um what if I mean, someone listen, on meth just meth came is... into your studio right now <laughs> and like ranting? ranting. <laughs> have you ever had to deal? Have you ever had to deal with people on drugs while recording? Yeah. You have?
0: Yeah, I think so. Or, or they drunk. were just
1: really. Angry is it on purpose? Like, energetic. is it like a drug podcast? Uh, <laughs> I have recorded one of those, but I don't think that they were on drugs during the session. How funny. The session.
0: Hmm. <laughs> Clever.
1: <laughs> That's interesting. We have thought about doing an after hours podcast where we drink yeah. wine. Where we drink. And continue the conversation. Mm-hmm. You're welcome to do that. But You're we would make that. our listeners pay for that. what,
0: well, Max, it's 2.30 in the afternoon <laughs> on a Tuesday. I like your style. <laughs> <laughs> <Toy> twenty twenty. <laughs> All right. So yeah. now we can say goodbye, we can goodbye to
1: everybody. Goodbye. All right. Thanks for recording us, Max. <laughs> yeah, no problem.